Hey there, welcome to Science Fiction. Uh, we skipped one week by accident, but uh, we are, well, not by accident, because I, as always, I had technical issues. Uh, but we're back today, and as always, I'm joined by my, by my friend and co-host, Carl Eames. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, last week we spoke, uh, I was telling you I was going to buy a car. I bought a car, so I have a new car. And... Yes, congrats. What kind of car did you get? It's a Subaru Impreza 2023. Nice. What kind of, is that like a hatchback, SUV? It's a regular sedan. I was vehemently against a hatchback. I do not like those at all. Uh, So I made sure I did not get one of those. But uh, all-wheel drive, you know, all it's basically an upgraded uh, Subaru um, Impreza. So it has like all the safety features and all the doodads and cameras and stuff and stuff is it's pretty neat nice do you get to charge people more now that you're uh, have a nicer car absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> you get to you get you don't get to uh them take advantage of the new luxuries they don't get to uh get they to- don't even know that they're getting a, a better deal they just like they're in another car i'm just another uh. another driver <laughs> i was like you're getting so much more space back there uh, you got the floor mats are not rolled up and curled up anymore because I got WeatherTech uh, floor liners now because uh, that's a pain in the butt. Everyone has dirty feet if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, do you do but, you do, do you prefer like the people that request uh, silence because you don't want to talk to anyone anyways? <laughs> I never talked to them in the first place, so it doesn't matter. Oh, you don't. Oh, yeah. good. I was I was just curious because there's people that because uh, there's that. I don't know if Uber does it only or if it's uh, both Lyft and Uber, but they have like a thing where you say you can request for the driver to not talk to you or like you want to be quiet mm-hmm. during your trip or whatever. Um, there's like a thing. And I think it might be Uber. I can't, you're with Lyft or Uber. I can't. Or both. Or both. Okay. Supposedly they have that. I don't know if it's per sit, depending on city. I don't know if that's like that, but there's Maybe. like a feature where you can request. Uh, where your driver doesn't talk to you and it's let you like chill and leaves you alone. Uh, but it's good that you don't like to talk to people anyways. So you're like, yeah. it's like, don't talk to me. I'm driving. <laughs> exactly. I got my music. Unless you need something, just sit back there and chill. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's start our show off here. Uh, we got, like I said, we, um, we had to skip last of the tech issues, but, um, but we have a pretty good show, I think. So I, I was going to still try to go watch Cocaine Bear, but I didn't get a chance. Um, I know you watched it, so we're going to talk about that. Um, and then we have a few other, a uh, couple of fast flicks. And then yesterday, I don't know, Carl, if you got a chance to watch it or not, but I had sent it to you. But they released a Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles new trailer, uh, the one that Seth Rogen is producing. Uh, that's been talked about for a little bit now, uh, but it's finally been released and everyone was talking about it yesterday after they saw it. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 watch that and we'll talk up and give our thoughts about that before we get into cocaine bear. But let's get into our, our fast flicks that we have going on. Uh, go ahead and play our little intro. So the first fast flick is Thunderbolts. Uh, Steven Yoon 
joins Marvel Studios pick in key role. Um, obviously, Steven Yoon. Is that Yoon? Is that pronouncing it correctly? Yen. That's Yoon. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoon. Okay. Uh, obviously, he's more he's more famously known as from The Walking Dead. Uh, I forget what his name is. Glenn, right? Glenn. Yeah, that's right. right? Glenn. Yeah, from The Walking Dead, and uh, obviously he's been in a, uh, quite a few other things, but yeah. Most recently, he, he was in uh, Nope. Oh, that's right. Nope. Duh. Uh, nope. He was in that. Obviously, he had a big role in it. Um, yeah. So uh, he's been added on to the Thunderbolts. It will be interesting. It's obviously saying it's a key role. I, I don't know a lot about the Thunderbolts. I've been trying to catch up on like some of the Marvel stuff that you know they're releasing that I don't know a lot about. Um, what What do you What are your thoughts on? his addition and i mean like it's not surprising like more and more of the more popular bases are starting to be added into uh mcu but like do do you have an odd idea what role he could be playing if you i don't know if you kind of caught up cut yourself up on the thunderbolts at all no i have no idea because we don't know if this key role doesn't necessarily mean superhero so it could just be like it could be a villain. It could be just a, a, a important character that is just going to be in the movie somehow. Like it doesn't like, I mean, key role is, is good. Cause we know he's not going to be some background. Like he's not going to be like Jimmy Woo, like sort of thing. That's not a, a key role. Right. Um, but we still, like I said, we don't know exactly what this means, but it is nice to see his inclusion uh, and that he's going to be involved somehow. And again, it just doesn't mean he's going to be in one movie or in 10 movies or anything like that. So it'll be interesting to see what character he's going to play. I do hope it is something significant. I would love to see him for more than just one movie Uh, because, you know, Marvel is like you're either in one movie and you die or you're in all of the movies and we're just going to keep milking you. So uh, (laughs) somewhere in between would be fine (laughs) for me. I, I would imagine that Steven Yoon would want to be an ongoing character. Like, you know, there's some people you would say, okay, I, I can't imagine him wanting to come back, like uh, Harrison Ford, for example. Right. Yeah, he's probably a one-and-done kind of guy. Um, but, like, he, he, Steven Yoon, who's still a younger actor who, who wants to continue on his, obviously, acting career, it makes sense, obviously, that he might be a reoccurring role but obviously you never know because at the same time michael b jordan um only had that one appearance as michael or as killmonger obviously he had that second small cameo in the second movie but still it's not like it's a reoccurring who knows technically three if you count what if that's true that's true i mean you never know what happens obviously because because with secret wars coming up in a couple of years, he could be back too for one way or another, just in some way. Uh, another universe's Killmonger or something like that. You never know. Well, um, funny you mentioned um, Harrison Ford, though, because uh, the last I checked, at least the last I heard, uh, he, well, he's going to be playing um, uh, Thunderbolt what, Ross. Yeah. Thunderbolt Ross, formerly played by William Hurt. Uh, the rumor is that Thunderbolt Ross is going to be the president. Like, 
in Marvel, oh, like he's going to be the president in that movie. So Harrison Ford is going to be playing a character that's going to be the president in that movie, as well as possibly Red Hulk. Um, Interesting. So I wonder. I wonder though if. Well, maybe they'll have someone else in the Red Hulk get up, like as far as like when they do the CGI on him. And then he'll just. Well, also, I do want to throw out that there are also there the um, Thunderbolt Ross is not the only character to have ever been the Red Hulk. So they could still do Red Hulk and it not be Thunderbolt Ross. That's true. That is true. Um, Yeah, we'll find out though. We'll find out what obviously role. Steven, you, you, uh, thoughts on that before we go on? Moving on. So, uh, one thing I want right, to move so on to is uh, uh, we got, right, go you know, we've already watched Ant Man um, Quantumania a few weeks ago and we did our review. So, go check that out um, if you're interested in seeing our full opinions on it. And we talked about the spoilers, we talked about the, uh, the end credits and stuff like that. But since that movie's come out, there was an interview on um, Entertainment Tonight uh, where they spoke to the director, Peyton Reed, and actually talked about a lot of the movie as well as some of the end credits. So I'm going to play some parts of that interview so we can watch that and then talk about that. The actual interview itself is about 13 minutes, so we're not going to watch the entire video because that's just too long. But there's just a couple parts that I want to... Uh, just real quick watch and then we can talk about this two sections total so let me get that set up for you uh in just a second here screen this one and doing that and one more thing gotta get my timestamps correct it helps but it, it just like leaps off the page. He's so good. You're right when he says he just like leaps off the page. Like he is just, you can tell how strong he is in some of these battles. I'm curious because there were a lot of theories um, and even some that I had where I was like, I think someone in the ant family is not going to make it out of this movie. Like I was very nervous <laughs> about that. Was that something that you guys ever talked about? Listen, as we were developing the movie early on, as with all the movies, everything is on the table from the beginning. I mean, there were there were drafts of the first Ant-Man movie early on where Hank Pym died in the first movie. But, you know, it's always something we wanted to talk about as we got to it. And I think, you know, we certainly leave the audience down a path, at least in this movie, that hold on, what's going to happen to Scott Lang at the end of this movie? Uh, yeah. We like we like the idea of playing around with that, but we certainly never intended to kill Scott Lang. Um, you know, I would I would have to uh, go into exile. I wouldn't be able to, you know, to kill <laughs> off Paul Rudd. I mean, you could certainly kill off Paul Rudd. But um, it just didn't make sense in terms of the progression of this trilogy of movies. Um, it just did not make sense. Um, but there's always those discussions about, you know, who's going to be, uh, who's not going to make it out alive, who's not going to make it to the end of the movie. God, what a, this is kind of off of. Okay, and then we got one more real quick. We're going to talk about the post credits. So we'll get fast forward to that part. I want to dig into the post-credit scenes a little bit. Um, did you direct both of those, and how do you decide yeah. which ones so are going to be? I directed the first one, which was we knew we wanted to sort of just give a tiny taste of the potential of what some of these variants, these Kang variants are, and brief nods to Ramatut, Centurion, Immortus, 
maybe not the prime versions, maybe they're variants of those versions, but just to sort of let Jonathan run and have some fun. But always my idea was let's let's end this thing with that classic panel of the Council of Kangs and do our version of that with all these different Jonathans. So that became its own sort of separate shoot, much like the shoot we did with Paul earlier in the movie where there are multiple Pauls. It's a technical nightmare to do those sequences. And it only works if you have actors like Paul and Jonathan who can really, you know, get specific with those, each of those individual characters and their responses. And so that was fun. The second one, the, the, uh, the final tag is actually a cut down version uh, of a scene from season two of Loki. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, so, you know, that's obviously Victor Timely, another Kang variant. And and I just, I love the, I love how I, I, I was, went by the set when they were shooting that. And I just, I love his Frederick Douglass hair and his whole sort of uh, the period uh, intonation of his voice and everything. So it really was to sort of tease the audience with the idea of like in phase five, you're going to meet a lot of different variants. It's, it's going to be interesting because at the time we're recording this, the movie's not out yet. I, I think I'll, I don't know if anyone is going to realize that the Kang that we're getting in this movie is going to die. <laughs> like, this is not. Yes. You know, I think one of the things we wanted to do, and again, as you set out to do these movies, you, tr you don't want to repeat what's been done before. And you want to just try and catch the audience off guard for good or for bad, surprise them and show them something different and, 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 and unexpected. And, uh, you know, I think that we we do that throughout the movie. Yeah, um, just going back to the 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 variants that are in that first post credit scene. How did you pick which ones they were going to be? We talked a lot about it about who we wanted to tease and sort of, um, you know, as they are as Jeff Loveness, who wrote this movie, is is uh, starting to write uh, or is now well into writing uh, Kang Dynasty. You know what we wanted to sort of tease the audience with and not get too definitive with like, okay, here's the one who's going to be in this thing or whatever, but just sort of to tease the thing. We knew weirdly like Rama Tut, you know, just this sort of ancient Egyptian version in the comics was something that had potential, but then we, we sort of bent it a little bit and made him this very strange sort of bionic variant of, uh, of Rama Tut. But we wanted to give three distinct feelings and set up the idea of, this triumvirate inside this sort of star chamber. And now that Kang the Conqueror has met the fate he meets at the end of this movie, what does it mean for the larger sort of political body of Kangs, right? Um, what happens in this sort of godfather type thing of this power struggle of, well, why was he, you know, in the, in the movie we reveal that he was exiled into the quantum realm and why and who, who did it, but sort of starting to get into sort of the political aspect of how the Kangs relate to each other. Um, which I think holds really strong potential for phase five. Yeah, definitely. My first thought, I was like, oh, like, that's how you can get Moon Knight back in. I don't know. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to show. Again, this is a full, like, 13-minute video. Uh, so if you want to check it out, it's on Entertainment Tonight. And just go ahead and, and uh, give it a watch. But, uh, Salim, after watching all of that, uh, what do you think about what, they, what was shared? So... Yeah, the I guess the answer the question that he is dead, like that variant is dead. Like we thought maybe he got shrunk and down into that one realm, um, like human miniature quantum realm, like that Paul Rudd was in. Um, but I guess he's just dead. Um, and 
it's funny, I guess. So, like, you know, obviously with the variant, it's I was thinking it's phase five is gonna be the phase of uh Kang. The entire phase five is gonna be essentially something that other uh, to do with Kang, probably. Uh and then I, I assumed the Loki the Loki um scene like from the end where the show Loki was a part was essentially like a clip from season two. That's why I, I assumed that. So uh, that wasn't a uh, surprise to me at all in that regards. But yeah, it, it's it's fun. Like, you know, it's, it's it's funny to see, like, it's fun to see, like, you know, we're going to be, be get to see uh, Jonathan Major's acting chops because obviously he's going to be, you know, b- different versions of Kang throughout Phase 5, whichever Kang appears. Um, and whenever he's supposed to appear next, if it is low-key or if it's going to be Sooner than that, maybe, um, and even a, in a smaller role, maybe something he pops up somehow in uh, Secret Invasion somehow. I don't know. We'll find out, like as like as a surprise, like a, a post credit scene or something like that. But yeah, it's just it's gonna be cool to see him as those different variants and acting, uh, you know, in, in different ways compared to uh, the way he was in this one. Yeah. Um... And uh, just to echo that, I I still take a, with a, a grain of salt about him dying. I mean, I, I would call it That's a shock confirm, right? Because I mean, obviously they wouldn't tell you. He wouldn't say, "Oh no, he didn't actually die. He'll be back again." They're not going to say that now. So for sure, um, he they're saying he's dead. So I can only take them for their word. But I'm just going to hold off, like in the back of my mind, he's probably not dead because. He's still way more powerful than all of those other kings in the council at the, right. the Council of Kings. So, uh, and then for him to die from Ant Man is just kind of like, like, come on, like Ant Man beat Kang and he's like dead. He can just like trick him or something like that. He's dead. Like that's kind of it's kind of hard to believe. So, I'll take it with a grain of salt though. Um, but yeah, like the, the rest of it though, like I thought it was really cool. Uh, giving insight, it did also confirm that is Immortus, that is Ramatut, mm-hmm. that is uh, Centurion, uh, that we see in the, the post credits. So, you know, we've all been sleuthing that for the most part uh, and, and got that right. And um, yeah, there's a bunch of other kings too. I did hear, like, not in this interview, but um, I'm not even going to say it's for sure, but someone said that one of the kings that was popping up in the arena um is a because there is a dr doom version of kang where dr doom or kang like takes on dr doom's suit or whatever and they use that in there uh and that one of those scenes but you can barely see the details on it um so Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say it's definitive that there is a dr doom kang but i do think um there is a uh you know we're going to be getting dr doom at some point soon uh, and I, I'm very interested in see how what what direction they go with that character. Just a, a real quick mention: I did watch a video recently, a comic book. It was about a comic book where uh, Doctor Doom and Kang were working together, kind of. Well, Kang was assisting Doctor Doom basically, so he could conquer. So Doctor Doom would be able to be like the leader of the world, and then at that point, it made the world easier for Kang to conquer in the future. So whenever Dr. Doom was in trouble, Kang would just like pop up. Yeah, yeah, here, take this. Oh, here, here, you need this, whatever. Um, and it was because you've you've heard like the uh, like Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe type of thing. Right, right. 
right. it was one of those uh, but it was like for dr doom however i'm i'm not sure what i don't think it was that i don't i don't know if it was the title of that story because it felt canon because mm-hmm. he kind of did kill the Mar- marvel universe he just didn't kill the main one that, that's how it ended he killed it a whole uh, the entire another universe uh like an alternate universe and completely destroyed it but uh it was a really badass story anyway but yeah that was fun uh any other thoughts uh on that uh interview uh no yeah i mean like we'll see i mean obviously talked about the scott lang you know people thought that they may kill off scott lang Um, yeah yeah that was the other part Uh Yeah, Which we, I mean, we like, talked about a little bit. I, I don't think, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, you didn't have to kill him off, but I just thought it should have still been a little more consequence to the way it ended for him. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe the consequences more so uh, in the next whatever they show up in. But we'll find out. But yeah, that's that's about it. And uh, have, did you have any other thoughts? I'm good. Well, cool. Um, all right, let's move on to our next fast flick here. I like we we've heard we've talked about this before, and obviously when we found out they they kept pushing uh, the movie like forward, but there was uh, for Spider Verse uh, two reportedly suffered many problems during production. Um, so there was a. Upcoming um, animate animated movie on an episode of a podcast that Matthew Baloney does. He's like a big insider, um, where he talked about production and budgetary creative issues. Like it costs a lot of money for the first one because they had a bunch of problems on this one, um, and they claimed that the issues stem from the writer producer duo Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So they scrapped a bunch of stuff. Uh, went back and it's like they have to kind of rewrite, kind of write as they go. And like the film costs like 90 million to make. So the budget of the sequel, which was promises to expand the franchise, maybe over a hundred million. So all these little issues that stemmed up. So that was the reason why um, more than likely it seems that they had to push the movie, it seems to, uh, down the line because of all these little things the hiccups and budgetary and creative issues that popped up it was just interesting to see that because it was kind of you know when we when we first found out that the this movie was being kept being pushed uh forward and and they kept moving the when the release date was we were wondering why uh what the reasoning could have been and it was just interesting to me to to find out that it was for those reasons it seemed at least it could have been for those reasons uh, what what are your thoughts on that? That like does that like surprise you by any means, or uh, just not entirely? Um, I mean, of course, like if things are getting delayed at, in the middle of the process, that means what money is wasted. So, uh, reshoots or rewrites or whatever. Um, which they also mentioned the possibility that uh, one of the reasons it was delayed and rewritten is because they're trying to fit Tom Holland into the movie um which would be interesting but it's still very much a rumor um and none of it's confirmed so uh at the end of the day um yeah they definitely have been 
you know, wasting some time. I mean, the original movie itself took an eternity to make. Um, and this one has still a, a faster turnaround than that first movie, but um, them nailing the animation style and knowing what type of, uh, you know, how, how to, how to frame it and, uh, you know, what did these characters looks and the characters designs and stuff like that, that stuff's coming online a lot faster because it's been solidified. So it's really at this, at this point, the delays are just writing, you know, COVID of course that delayed things and, um, you know, just getting everything in, in place and making sure that it's the movie that everyone expects it to be. Um, cause honestly, what, Right now, it feels like all of the rewrites and stuff, even though the trailer was pretty boss, it feels like it's more of a going to be a stinker, maybe, or a disappointment uh, type of movie as opposed to, like, the big sequel. Like, But we'll see. I mean, I, I'll go into it completely open, but hopefully it's not bad. I want it to be great. Uh, I want all of the movies to be great, but, you know. I'm not going to be, I, I don't want to expect something great. I just hope that it is. Yeah. I mean, we'll see uh, what they do, what happens. Um, and, you know, hopefully the the issues and all the things that stemmed it doesn't hurt the project. Um, and they can at least at the very minimum, make it good showing it. And maybe it won't beat the first one, like as far as the quality of it, but Maybe they can at least, like I said, make it enjoyable and continue on. And obviously, it's going to be a two-parter, so we'll see how they end up with it. Um, yeah, uh, so let, let's move on to the next uh, fast flick. Well, before you go there, just a real quick, okay. uh, as you were previously talking about Jonathan Majors as King, uh, when he's going to pop up next, Marvel officially, according to this article that I was glancing at, confirmed that King will or Jonathan Majors, I should say, his next role will be in Loki season two. So he will okay, not so be in anything else before that. Okay, cool. That works. Um, yeah, so let, let's go on to our next fast flick. So um, there was reported that Aquaman 2 is undergoing drastic story changes and post-production. Um, so what stemmed from that is that it was like following it was a harsh criticism for Aquaman The Lost Kingdom after test screenings and the film reportedly making significant changes to the plot despite being like in post-production because of these harsh criticisms. Um, there was like a series of tweets by insider Casey Walsh where he revealed like there were that DC was taking action amid, amid like the terrible reviews. So now these are quotes from uh, Casey Walsh, what he tweeted. So he said, every test screening has had mostly unfinished VFX um, and no one walked out. The main issue was the com they completely changed the pl plot and villains of the film. It's not even the same movie that tested four times prior. Uh, one viewer described the film as boring, not as good as the first, potentially one of the worst DCEU movies. Um, and then there's another quote by uh, Robert uh, Meyer Burnett, uh, that he told John, uh, he told somebody on the show that, you know, they, they've heard, he's heard that they're doing a lot of reshoots. Um, they're changing a lot of plot points, like the movie. It's like, it's similar to the first one where there's a lot of potential for goofiness in there. 
and a lot of people just weren't into that. Um, so yeah, this a, a lot of things that are 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 they're looking to change. I guess obviously just because the negative reactions and it's I mean, it's like a it's like a circus with the DCEU right now. So like obviously James Gunn is taking over and, and rebooting this entire thing. And they make commitments to these other movies. Obviously, the Flash one is the only one that sounds promising of what's left. I mean, Shazam hasn't really... I mean, it's gotten some fanfare. Not fanfare, I should say, but some like media hype a little bit. But no one's really, really ex- seems to be excited about to go watch Shazam uh, 2. Um, and then obviously now you're hearing this movie is like just people are just like man this thing stinks so now they're changing things up again after they've changed it up multiple times already you know like oh well okay now we got to go back and you know as a you know as they keep second guessing themselves and you know they have the pencil and eraser and they keep like erasing stuff and then at the end it's going to look like this completely mess like you know when when you're doing homework on pencil and tape and eraser and you keep erasing stuff and after you're done, after, it looks like a complete mess because, like, the eraser was just, like, didn't really do a great job of erasing, so it's, like, all, like, smudged, and that's what it feels like this movie's going to end up being. It's just going to be a complete, like, hobgob of nonsense, and it's not going to be, uh, it's just not going to do well at all. It's, it just feels like it at this point. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, obviously, it, I'm not sure if you're, I'm, I'm sure you're not surprised, but at the same time, like, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, uh, well, I'm surprised enough that it's apparently performing uh, poorly in test screenings because again, I don't really care for the first Aquaman, but I'm also surprised that the Aquaman was, is their highest grossing DCEU movie. Like it doesn't still oh, doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Um, so yeah. especially the old Jason some, Momoa fact. Yeah. That's like the, literally <laughs> the only reason that, I can think of why that many people went to go see this movie because it's not that good. It's not like the dark Knight that people sh- would want to go back and watch it over and over again in the theaters. Um, at least I don't, I mean, again, maybe I'm just, you know, it wasn't made for me and people did do that because it's still hard for me to yeah, uh, I mean, understand how it made that much money in the first place. I, I thought it was fine. Like it was okay. But like, yeah, I was surprised too that it, I'm like, holy cow, this thing is completely killing it at the box office. And like I said, my only conclusion was, is Jason Momoa. <laughs> right. That was my but, only conclusion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, it, I, I do wonder how much of these changes that you know are leading to this uh, poor test screening involve this shuffle. Because as James Gunn was a little over a month ago so saying that it was going to be the final movie of the DCEU basically. And that it was going to lead into like the flash is like the most direct thing that's causing the new change into the, you know, DC universe and the DC movies, but that the Aquaman movie was going to be the last one. And it, there was going to be a bridge in there. So obviously they definitely wasn't the original plan. So there had to have been a change at some point for this movie to do that, to make it be that bridge. And I'm wondering if those changes are the reason why it's testing poorly. Um, but we don't know what those changes are. We don't know what, 
exactly, you know, what, what people are seeing and whether or not if they're doing these reshoots, if it's going to change things again, or if they're just trying to add stuff like, you know, we don't know enough detail, but I mean, it again, Aquaman for me, wasn't that great of a movie to begin with only the parts that had black Manta that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And, and then that was basically it. So, you know, I don't expect the movie to be bad, but uh, I don't expect it to do nearly as well as the first movie. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I'm expecting it to not do well at all. I just feel like at this point with all the things that there's going through, how many changes they keep making and obviously they're so worried about the bad test screening um we'll see though we'll, we'll, i think we just kind of got to get through this last bits of whatever dceu is doing before james gun officially reboots everything um and, and obviously let's see if james gun can fix it and get get things on a, a good track where it's actually you know um good content being produced consistently not just visually but actually good stories um that are you know interesting and compelling um so yeah we'll, we'll we'll find out but uh any final thoughts on that before we move on into our final yeah. little uh thing before we get into cocaine bear um so yeah uh final thing we have before we get into cocaine bear uh this was released just yesterday uh they announced that uh, or they released that the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, trailer, they dropped it. And that's the new one that Seth Rogen is producing. Um, it has a pretty big cast overall, as far as like some big names playing like various characters. I think like John Cena plays uh, Rocksteady. Um, they got, um, I think Rogen plays Bebop, voices Bebop. And then I think they got uh, Juan Carlos Esposito as uh, Baxter, um, Doctor. What's his the time? The Fly, the guy that turned into the Fly. I can't remember about that man. No um, idea. He's supposed, uh, he's supposed to voice that character. Um, yeah, there's like a bunch. There's a bunch of name, like notable names, but. Uh, let, let's go ahead and play the trailer first and then we'll give our thoughts uh, further on it. Can I kick it? Can I kick Again, but with ninja stars. <gasps> hey, why do we pick a fruit shaped exactly like my head? Just stop talking. You're ruining my concentration. You're fine. Chill. He's gonna die. Yeah. Ah. Did you hear that? What was that? Well, nothing we can do. You guys wanna grab pizza? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? What the heck is 
those things? Those are like little Shreks to me. Oh, we've prepared our whole lives for this. Leo, what happened? Is Donnie bleeding? It was an accident. watch out! So you were baby turtles who made contact with mystery goo. Well, we prefer the term ooze, but yeah, it's like more like it's just nice. It, it rolls off the tongue better, yeah. Ooze, ooze, ooze. ooze. it's nice, right? Ooze. It's ooze. ooze. Yeah, so you see, you see the cast. So just Paul Rudd plays Mando Gecko, Giancarlo Esposito, Baxter Stockman. I couldn't remember the last name. Rose Byrne, Leatherhead, Jackie Chan plays Master Splinter, Seth Rogen, Bebop, John Cena, Rocksteady. Um, you got Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utron, uh, Ice Cube as Superfly, Post Malone is in there. Uh, Ayo Adoretti as April O'Neil. Um, Animal Burris is in here. Uh, and they got some more newcomers playing the Turtles. Um, at least I haven't really heard of them. I'm assuming they're newcomers because they're actually teenagers. They, they, yeah. didn't get grown, they didn't get grown men this time to voice uh, the Turtles. They actually got teenagers. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to say. I'm like, wow, they actually sound like teenagers. How refreshing. Yeah, so that was really cool to see. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's star studded. It's, it looks like it has the kind of same vibe as the Spider-Verse movie, um, like the, the, the artistically, um, I wonder if they're going to set it in the nineties. I don't know. Just cause of the song I was kind of feeling, I, I wonder if it would, but I wasn't sure. Um, I, I I'm interested. I want to say like, no because they have cell phones. Oh, was it? I didn't. I didn't notice that. I said, I didn't, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I I thought it was fun. Like I thought it was it was cool. Like seeing the, like just the little co- scenes. It was a kind of funny co- comedy scenes with them doing goofy things, um, <laughs> and like with with Michelangelo holding the. The watermelon. It's like, why does this look just like the same shape as my head? Um, he's like, yeah, he's gonna die. Um, that was fun. That was good. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I I grew up watching the turtles too. Like, I, I watched like the cartoons when I was little. I I watched obviously all the movies, the original movies. Um, I watched the other movies that made the newer ones too, but like the original original turtles, I watched those. I used to have like the toys and everything, like. I had all four of the tur- original Ninja Turtle uh, with Michelangelo, Dan- Dante, Leonardo, Raphael. I had like I think I had a few couple of foot soldiers. Um, I had Shredder, Splinter. Um, you know, it, it was fun. Like I was a I was a turtle head, if you will. Um, a big fan of the uh, of the turtle, so I'm, I'm definitely interested and excited about this movie. And like I said, it, look, it has a nice feel to it. Obviously, there's a lot of angry people about April O'Neil. Uh, only thing I'll say about April O'Neil, like, I don't know why people are upset because, like, people are trying to say, well, April was originally supposed to be black, and other people are saying, well, you know, she should be a redhead, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. 
But it's like I like I know the original creator of the show made her like a mixed race or something. I think based on his wife. But when you look at April O'Neil in any iteration, she's never the same. It's always she always looks different. Like all the movies, the show, all the different shows they've done, everything. She's never like looks the same. So I don't know why people care so much about. Obviously, I know why people care so much, but people are making a bigger deal out of this and trying to put, like, you know, reasoning behind it that I don't think it's that deep. I just think April is always interchangeable. She's never, like, ever really looked one way. What was, uh, I forget her name, that was April in the last live-action movie, the Michael Bay one? It was Megan Fox. Megan Fox, yeah. She looked nothing like April from Yeah, from the... Yeah, like I said, like I think somebody did like a collage of all the April O'Neils like they've ever been, and none of them look like the same. Every April is different. It just she's never been one, one way. Like even the original movies had like three different April O'Neils, I think. Um, but like, yeah, it just it's just goofy to sit there and be mad about it and try to put deeper thought into why they made April. Uh, black in this one as compared to other ones like there is a car there's a newer cartoon where she's black um and nobody i don't remember having anyone be mad about that um but yeah it's like april has never looked one way she's always had different view like looks at her uh, a way she's looked so Anyways, uh, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Are you like in- intrigued? Does it pique your interest at all? Um, I can't remember if you were a big Turtles guy at all when you were younger, but um, yeah, for the most part, I would say I was. I mean, I used to have my to- toys and stuff. I watched at least watched the first two movies. Wasn't the third movie like they went back in time or something like that? Or yeah, there's a fourth <laughs> one, but that one was like. I- no, most people don't even really uh, remember that one. But the third one is when they go back in time, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched them in ages, but they still hold a special place in my heart because of the practical effects of the Turtles and, and stuff like that. You know, that whole time period of movies didn't have, I mean, uh, up until Jurassic Park, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, good CG in movies so everything was done with practical effects so that whole time period is uh is really special so uh well, i guess terminator 2 as well because that was pretty pretty dang advanced considering technology back then but um still um yeah this movie it looks cute like i i, I really like I, I can tell you like i'm not always a, a huge donatello fan i'm definitely a donatello fan for this movie because i really like the glasses um yeah it just it just works really well and again uh like i said before like they actually sound like legitimate teenagers and i think they're gonna act like that too like i mean they act like teenagers before but like it didn't feel like they were teenagers like right now maybe because i'm super old and i like see these teenagers on tv or like they're in my back seat and my car you know taking them places and i know how they act and i'm like yeah that's definitely that those turtles are acting like teens yeah that sounds about right uh that looks about right so um yeah i'm I'm interested for sure i'll definitely check it out when it comes um i barely remember anything about those michael bay movies i i think i didn't even watch the first one i only watched the second one 
in theaters. I watched that. I think I watched that in Indianapolis, if I remember correctly. Um, I watched it somewhere, but not not home, not here. It was either in Indianapolis because I was at a convention, or I watched it in uh, California or something like that. Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, those movies weren't all that great, um, but they weren't all that bad yeah. either. But yeah, yeah, they're Michael Bay. They're, they're yeah. a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> that describes like pretty much every Michael Bay movie. They weren't great, but not that bad either. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much that's about it. Um, yeah, yeah, not a whole lot in that trailer. It's, anyway, it just kind of gets you right. Like, right. As you know, Give this is taste. the art style. This is what the turtles are going to look like. This is what they sound like, and these are the you know the actors that are going to be in it. But not a whole lot of action. Not a whole lot of story. You know. You can imagine it's just like another origin movie. Uh, mm-hmm. We're starting over again. So, yeah, that's all it seems to be. Uh, disappointing one thing is that no Casey Jones yet. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming it makes sense, kind of, I guess, because they meet Casey later, I suppose. Um, but I figure maybe they would throw him in here. But we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to Casey Jones, I guess, eventually. We'll see. I doubt they, I doubt they want to throw everything in there right away well i didn't see him on the cast list either like mentioned oh. so um i didn't see anyone playing casey jones so um he's it doesn't seem like he's going to be in this uh in this movie um but yeah uh any final other thoughts on that before we get into our our movie that we were going you're going to talk about at least because like, i didn't watch it um, i'll just have questions if anything we're good to go all right, uh, so I'll let you take off, take the lead here. So yeah, um, we're going to talk, or I'm going to talk about Cocaine Bear. I watched that um, last well, a week, week and a half ago, whenever it came out. Um, and uh, yeah, so the movie, first of all, Cocaine Bear is what it's called. It is about a bear that ate cocaine, and it is exactly, you know, what it says it is. Uh, <laughs> and uh so yeah so first off it is as the tagline on the top inspired by true events there really was a bear that ate cocaine uh so and also is this science fiction what the heck i thought we're watching science fiction where they cover science fiction movies uh is cocaine bear a science fiction movie well i would first say uh bears eating cocaine that sounds like a science experiment what would happen if a bear ate cocaine that's science and then fiction is everything that happened in this movie because that is not what actually happened when a bear ate cocaine Uh, a bear died like an hour after it ate it right or something like that um i don't think they knew exactly when it like how long it lived after it died but uh the story was that like pretty much the beginning of this movie is what happened. And uh, there was a guy that was uh, selling drugs. I don't, you know, I, I did actually watch some stuff about the real thing a little hazy right now, but their quick, quick version is just, there was drugs thrown out of a, a plane by a drug smuggler uh, over the forest. And, you know, they, they threw like little small packets Um Eventually, the the person in the plane, I think he he jumped out and he like had a parachute and he landed in some small town and he ended up dying 
like because he, he like he, i guess he like didn't uh his flight his parachute didn't open right or something like that because he just hit the ground um, and then a few weeks later or a few months later they found this bear in the forest dead and they checked in the insides and found if i remember i don't remember the exact number but i think they said that the bear ingested uh the real bear ingested two million dollars worth of cocaine and this was back in 1985 um so it was it was a lot i forget the actual amount of like the weight how many kilograms it was but it was about two million dollars worth of cocaine back in 1985 that's a lot of cocaine so clearly and they said he had like a stroke and like all the basically everything in his body shut down uh or her body uh, shut down and um even to make this part short that bear was eventually uh taxidermied um uh, and it was a uh, kind of there was like there's like a long story of how that bear got around because it was like kind of a joke for a little while and then people then it kind of got lost for what it's worth and then somebody found it maybe like 10 ish years ago and there's like you can actually get a chicago it's not a chicago bears shirt but it mm-hmm. says cocaine bear with the chicago bear logo on it so it's blue yeah with a little orange coke little, on the, no, right right yeah, yeah. They, they they sell that and sell a whole bunch of virtual other mo- merchandise and stuff so this this movie review is perfect for barroom basically um it is <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um i showed that to my uh that shirt to my mother and she's like i have to have it now because uh, yeah. she's a huge Bears fan, but and yeah, you never so, know. I'm, I'm sure like the '85 Bears did cocaine because it was the '80s. Oh yeah, um, who didn't? <laughs> <laughs> who didn't? Right. <laughs> but yeah, so the there's all this merchandise and stuff. So the bear was kind of like lost, but they did someone did find it, and I think it's in I don't know if it's a museum or somewhere, but it's it's around somewhere. Whoever has it. So it, again, it was taxidermied. And so on. So again, about the movie, uh, that's what happens in this movie. The beginning is pretty much the same as that story. Uh, the bear uh, came across cocaine in the forest, and these drug lords, uh, these drug drug dealers, are trying to recover the drugs, and um, they stumble upon the bear as well as some kids that were. Um, they, they have like a separate storyline, basically. You know how. All these different groups are doing their own thing and they all kind of converge on uh, by coincidence on this bear that ate cocaine so some people get murdered some people get kidnapped some people you know what have you what have you and that's pretty much the the gist of the movie uh is what happens uh when the bear eats cocaine uh there's things where the the bear is like trying to kill people because they smell the cocaine on them or uh the, the the bear is more interested in the cocaine than in anything else um so that even was a, a a part where they throw the cocaine away so the bear would run after it and sit and they can get away stuff like that um but of course like why is it a killer i mean it's on cocaine like it is uh gone insane and uh it is technically a comedy thriller or maybe an action comedy thriller sort of thing. Um, so if you want to say it's not sci-fi, that's fine. But we also kind of stretch things around here. So not everything we watch is sci-fi specifically. Um, 
And and that said, there are some really great kills in this movie. Um, I really enjoyed that part the most. I think that's probably why you would go see a movie is to see some over the top, uh, you know, bear killing people stuff and just some even there were some other things that were not technically bear related that there were some really ridiculous kills as well. Uh, some funny things like with the park ranger. So that was uh, all that stuff was funny. But yeah, there was some really good stuff in there. Um, some other side storylines. Overall, I thought the movie was pretty fun. It was pretty good. Is it not going to win an Oscar or anything <laughs> like that? Um, but it was a pretty fun movie. And yeah, you get um, the bear is uh, going to get snubbed. Oscar worthy performance for be- best bear <laughs> on cocaine. <laughs> well, I mean, the only bear uncle came that could make it up to the stage, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, well, technically, in the movie, uh, spoiler, the bear did have two baby cubs that were also on cocaine. So, oh, so they they were all um, eating that stuff. So, I guess there's three bears that were technically cocaine bears for this movie. But yeah, you can also see this is um, uh, why can't I think of his name right now? But as uh, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea, yeah, O'Shea Jackson. That's uh, uh Ice Cube's son. Yeah. Um, he's in this movie, and uh, another real quick thing is uh, I had this pulled up before. Ray Liotta. I couldn't think of the name. Ray Liotta is yeah, in this yeah. movie, and this is the last movie on his IMDb credits, at least. Because uh, he did pass away last year, so yeah. this might be the last movie that he's in. Uh, is what it seems like, at least. Um, and he wasn't half bad. I mean, he wasn't a star by any stretch, but it was cool to see him. And he looked—I liked the way his hair was. He looked pretty cool, and you know, he's basically you know, old money drug guy. Uh, and yeah, he was—he was cool. So it was nice to see him in a, a movie like this. And. Uh, I mean, it's not Goodfellas or anything, but still, uh, you know, just, you know, one last one song, you know, one, one good last good goodbye. It wasn't a bad movie to go out on. So yeah, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Um, but yeah, he is here with, uh, what's, uh, the other Carrie Russell, the other character, the other actress that is, uh, relatively well-known is in this movie as well. Everyone else is people I really don't recognize. Um, but fun, you know, even like I said, there were two kids, so I don't know those kids either, but they didn't do a half bad job. Um, it was just a pretty fun movie. And this is also directed by Elizabeth Banks. So um, you might see some of her on the marketing materials as well, because Elizabeth Banks is a well-known actress, and she's been getting around doing a lot of... Uh, directing and and producing and stuff in movies i think uh what was the other like that one musical movie uh i don't remember that she's been doing um yeah i can't think of it but yeah she's she's been getting around but you know and she doesn't do a half bad job at directing things so yeah that's about it it's a solid movie just don't have any high expectations of it being the next thing, although I wouldn't mind it being like them playing with like a sequel, not necessarily Cocaine Bear 2, but if they did like uh, like a shark, like Cocaine Shark or 
did something else like even i don't care if it's like a cocaine snapping turtle like just like keep playing around with the concept and just have fun yeah uh also uh isaiah whitlock jr is in it um from the wire played uh center uh davis i think something like that Clancy davis or something like that um he's he's well known he's most known from the from the wire but yeah it looks uh it looks crazy as it as a preview i'm sure um was was carrie russell like a, a big part of the movie or was she uh, were any characters like a big part of the movie or did they like dies quick or get... um i think everyone of note had um other you know that guy that you know i'm not gonna say too much but he even he had a pretty decent role everyone had like kind of like a shared uh decent uh, amount of screen time where like i said they you know all these different groups are all having this converging co- coincidence of encountering uh of this cocaine bear in some kind of way but they all do eventually you know like i said they converge and uh, and then they split up again, but they uh, they they maintain about two to three different um, stories at simultaneously. So we're spending a little time with Carrie Russell finding her kids, her is her daughter and uh, her daughter's friend, and then you have um, O'Shea Jackson and and his uh, his uh, uh, colleague. I'll say they're looking for the drugs, and then you have. Um, the park ranger and her storyline and the cop, um, you know, we said from the wire in his storyline uh, and they all just kind of, you know, cause he's looking for the drug money. He's looking for the drugs too. And then they all just kind of interact with the bear and stuff. So they just kind of spend time developing each until they all meet and then they split and then meet again and stuff like that. But okay. yeah, I have bad. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't really have any question, other questions or comments. Um, would you would you recommend to go watch it in the theater? Is it a good I, movie? Did you like it, it? I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, if you can save money and get a matinee or something like that, go for it. But I wouldn't uh, spend top dollar on making sure it's it's not like a, a necessary theater experience. You can totally um, rent or just wait till it's you know, in the home at homes or streaming or something like that. I'm sure this will hit Netflix in a few months. So when it does, it'll probably be number one movie on Netflix because people will want to check it out. Just not wanting to go to the theater, but yeah, it'll, it'll, it's definitely good. I will say it's a little slow to start. Um, like they're doing a lot of uh, spending a lot of time setting up all of these different stories. Like I said, they do like doing a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's taking so much time in the beginning before anything happens uh of of note so it is a little boring for like 30 ish 40 ish minutes um and then the bear finally gets going and everything just starts popping off and it gets fun at the end so first half a little boring second half meh uh, could be you know or second half is much better i should say um first half is more meh but so fun, uh, like I said, just not worth top top dollar. Okay, so uh, yeah, I would you go check it out if you have nothing better to do and just want to have a fun time out uh, at the movies and just relax. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our show for today. Uh, any other final thoughts as we get out of here, Carl? 
Um, uh, other than that, no, I don't think I got anything else. I could sworn it was something I wanted to bring up, but I forgot already. So we're just going to leave it on the cutting room floor. Excellent. Yeah. So that's our wrap for us today. Obviously, please check out all our previous episodes on, uh, that you've missed on the Barroom Network under YouTube and on any major and minor podcast platforms. Uh, obviously, we'll continue to check out all the great things that uh, the Barroom Network has to offer covering all major sports and including the non-cocaine bears, uh, your own Chicago bears. Uh, a lot of draft content is going to be coming up. Free agency. You say like non-cocaine weeks. bears, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, just true. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, would, I would imagine that they aren't because they're uh, a lot more health conscious, but you never know. Um, but yeah, I, I, check that out. Like I said, free agency is in a couple of weeks, uh, and that should be a big offseason in general for the Bears because Ryan Poles needs to do a lot of uh, moves to improve his roster. Uh, but yeah, check out all the stuff that we have to offer. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it for myself and Carl. And we will see you guys next time. Peace.